Well, welcome to Infuse Church and uh, our special Father's Day service. I hope that you've enjoyed the service so far. I certainly have, um, in particular seeing Dean in uh, makeup. It's uh, something I'll not soon forget. <laughs> so, uh, so good. I'm just going to pray and then we'll launch into the message this morning. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for the power of your word. I thank you for all of the fathers here today. I thank you for them. I thank you that sometimes uh, our understanding and our experience of fathers in our own lives is, has been a difficult one. And I pray for those people this morning. Maybe it's the first time that they're not with their dad. Their, their dad has passed away. Or I pray for the comfort and the presence of your Holy Spirit. Uh, in this moment, but I thank you for this message being something that encourages not just the guys, but also everyone here in the church this morning. I just thank you that Holy Spirit, you just give me the ability to speak this word well in Jesus' name. Amen. So welcome to our, uh, our special Father's Day service, and, and I felt like that God had given me this message um, to share with you, um, not just from the point of view of encouraging guys in the church, but it's, a, I believe, a message for everybody here. One of the first things I want to say about this is that prayer is powerful. Prayer is powerful. It can stop a storm. It can change a challenge. It can provide provision. It can help with hope. It can heal the hurting. It can arrest the attack. It can soften a stubborn heart. And it can, uh, is a direct link with the very presence of God itself. James chapter 5, verse 16 says that the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. And one of the greatest challenges to building a strong and vibrant community is people being unwilling or un, uh, unable to open up and to be vulnerable with other people. Quite often it's seen as a sign of weakness when in fact it can be actually something that makes us stronger as people when we open up our lives with others around about us. People will often withdraw and isolate themselves, cutting off the very help that the Lord has put around us for our benefit and for our strength. Guys are especially prone to this, about this whole withdrawing and isolating stuff and, and stuff like that. I, I know that because I are one. So... Uh, so that's why I felt that the Holy Spirit has, has helped me to, to, to talk about this message today. We're going to be looking at Exodus chapter 17 and verses 8 to 16, and I'll read this out of the New International Version. It says, The Amalekites came and attacked the Israelites at Rephidim. Moses said to Joshua, Choose some of our men and go out to fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I'll stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered. And Moses, Aaron and Hur went to the top of the hill. And as long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. And when Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone. This is talking about Aaron and Hur. They took a stone and put it under him and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur then held up his hands, one on one side and one on the other, so that his hands remained steady until sunset. So Joshua overcome the, uh, overcame the Amalekite army with the sword. And then the Lord said to Moses, write this on a scroll as something to be remembered and make sure that Joshua hears it because I will completely blot out 
the name of the Amalek, of Amalek from under heaven. So Moses built an altar and called it, The Lord is my banner. He said, Because hands were lifted up against the throne of the Lord, the Lord will be at war against the Amalekites from generation to generation. I want to say this is a powerful account of how much we need others in our lives. It's an absolutely powerful example of when people come together in the power of community, and in particular, the community of faith. We need to access the community of faith that we have around about us. And I've been talking about Arise all of this year, and, uh, and this, you know, we're talking about activating our connections, and this, most definitely this passage here today talks about us engaging with our communities, the E of Arise, because we definitely need the community of faith around about us. So let's just have a quick look through this passage here today. The, the uh, passage is, is uh, where Israel has just left Egypt and they're just on their way uh, out from Egypt. And the Amalekites, they're a warlike nomadic people who uh, became bitter en enemies of Israel throughout its history. Israel is in a hostile land and it's in, in a battle and it's under attack. And so is the church today. If you start to compare what's happened in this passage here and you look at today as well, the church is under attack as well. The Amalekites launch an unprovoked attack against God's people. Is that sounding familiar today about the church and stuff? So, so scripture tells us what sort of an attack this was. So we look at Deuteronomy chapter 25 verses 17 to 18. It describes what sort of attack the people of Israel are suffering because of the Amalekites. It says, remember what the Amalekites did to you along the way when you came out of Egypt. When you were weary and worn out, they met you on your journey and cut off all who were lagging behind. They had no fear of God. And I think that this paints a very similar situation, a picture of, of what's happening in life today. People are weary, they are worn out, and they feel cut off. And it's feel, if you feel like the deck's stacked against you. And, you know, it's then that the enemy comes along and starts to attack us. You know, when you're at your lowest, when you're at your, the, the down point in your life. And this is what I love about Moses, that when the tough times come, and I want to say they surely do come, then when these tough times come, Moses turns to God for help. He, 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 like if you read this story, he uh, assumes an attitude of worship. He assumes an attitude of prayer. He, he lifts up his hands. He surrenders everything that he is to God. And in that moment, you know, he just turns to God. So when God's people are attacked, Moses turns to God using the staff of God. And this account shows us the partnership that happens in prayer. So there's a, a combination of what we as humans do in our part and then there's the divine power that God activates in this moment when there's this partnership that comes together. See, Moses calls this the, the staff of God. And it's his way of honouring God. But God calls it the staff of Moses. So God's honouring Moses in that same instance as well. And it shows the importance of ensuring that our relationship with Jesus is fresh, it's alive, it's active and it's current. 
Because each time that Moses uses this staff of God, he uses it in a different way. The very first time was when he was just a simple shepherd. And he's on the way and he finds the burning bush, but he uses it like a, a, a walking stick. He leans on it. He uses it to shepherd the sheep. He, he uses it to ward off the enemies of the, the flock to, to keep the wild animals at bay. So that's the first time. In the second time, Moses uses the staff because he, he got shown how to use the, the staff by, by God. He said, throw it down in front of Pharaoh and it'll become a snake. So it became a snake. The magicians, they tried to replicate what Moses did. And we see that the staff of God that's in a snake actually swallows up the magician's snakes as well. And when we, we see the third way that Moses is instructed to use this, his staff and that he holds it out over the Red Sea and the Red Sea parts. Then the fourth time is when Moses he's told by God strike the rock and it'll release water so he does that and now Moses in this fifth account of him using this staff he's told to raise it up above his head he lifts it up to lift it up to to God in an attitude of prayer and praise and surrender each time uh, the staff of God was used God told him how to use it and this is why we've got to be listening to God. It's about being in direct relationship, making sure our relationship with Jesus is going really well. Because in Numbers chapter 20, verses 2 to 13, we read an account where Moses strikes the rock a second time, imitating the first time how he did that. But it wasn't, he wasn't told to strike the rock. He was told to speak to the rock. And then the water was supposed to come out. This came about because he wasn't listening to God. He wasn't doing what God had told him. And that's because he came out of ritual and not relationship. We don't rely on ritual when we come to our relationship with God. We've got to rely on it being a close and dynamic relationship with the Lord. Does anyone say amen to that? So... Because of, of the relationship that Moses had with Joshua, Aaron and her, they were with him and they were also there for all of the people as well. That, that Moses, it goes to a whole new level. He knew that he needed to arise in this instance when they're under attack. So he goes up this hill. Moses didn't arise alone. He, uh, he actually took people with him. And and Jesus models this for us as well. When he goes up to the Mount of Transfiguration, Peter, James and John go up to the top of the mount as well. And and it's it's a great indicator for us. And when we choose to arise, when we go up to the hill, let's take some people with us. When we go to church, let's take some people with us. When we go to our connect group, let's take some people with us. When we go into like our prayer closet, let's take some people with us and go in together in great strength. It's in that moment... That we see that Moses can't do this alone though. He needs help. He needed the help that, that was already with him. And you know, we need help in, in our relationship as well. But there's help already here. Have a look around. There are people here that are willing to come alongside of you and lift up your arms in the midst of this battle that maybe that you're going through. You know, you, you might be in the fight of your life today and crying out for God's help. Have you looked around? Because God's placed people around about you that are there to support you and to lift up your arms in the midst of the battle. All you've got to do is to call on them for that help. You've got to reach out to them for that help. You've got to show them that there's some way that they can help you in that moment. And, you know, so my question to us today is, who is our Joshua? 
Who is our Aaron? Who is our her that is going to stand up with us and go up to this mountaintop so that we can do something for God? You might ask, well, why do I need them? Bible is such a great indicator of what we can do. Ecclesiastes 4 verses 9 to 12, two people are better off than one for if they, they uh, help each other to succeed. Yeah, if one falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together okay, can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. See, that's the, the whole ploy of the enemy is to separate those who are weak, separate those who are weary, separate those out who are struggling and, and on their own, they're isolated, they are a clean picking for the enemy. And that's why it says here, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two stand back to back and they can conquer. Three are even better for a triple braided cord isn't easily broken. I want to tell you that David had Jonathan and his mighty men. Then we see Daniel had Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We see Paul had his Timothy and his Titus and his Barnabas. We see that Jesus had his Peter and his James and his John. You see, Jesus needed Peter, James, and John in the Garden of Gethsemane. Who's in your Garden of Gethsemane? When you're facing the trial of your life, who, who are you taking into your garden? Who is it that's got your back? Who's there praying for you as we're, we're in that moment? Have you got someone? Is there someone around about you that you can access? Who's with us in that moment? See, Moses goes up to the top of the hill with Aaron and Hur. Moses releases Joshua to form an army to fight the enemy. See, this is what we need to understand, church, today. The next generation goes ahead of the current generation. So this current generation, we've got to, uh, to, to train and disciple the next generation that's coming up. We've got to train them and disciple them how to make a stand and to fight. We've got to show them how to fight for themselves and for their families as they start to grow up and start to activate a family, get a family together. We've got to show them how to fight for their communities. We've got to show them how to fight for the salvation of their family and friends around about. Fathers, I want to tell you this, something this morning. Show your kids how to pray. Show them how to pray. Show them how to read God's Word. We started the service by showing the, the Welcome to Father's Day service and there was a gentleman sitting down with his, his son beside him and they opened up the Bible together and they're walking through the Bible together. It's an incredible picture of how a father can disciple and train his son or his daughter to read the Word of God. Show your children how to worship and to praise God. Don't let them just rely on coming here to church and seeing, thinking that's where we're going to get discipled. I want to release you and empower you to actually train and disciple your children to do those things today. We've got to leave them a legacy. Moses believed in and had faith in Joshua to form an army and to fight that battle. Moses goes to the top of the hill and he holds up the staff of God above his head. They went up to the hill to see and to be seen, to pray accurately in the battle because they were in a place of elevation and they could see the whole picture. So at any time, Joshua could look up the top of the hill and see Moses with his arms upraised and knowing that Moses in that instant, with the help of Aaron and Hur, were praying for him and that army to see the victory won. He needed to see Moses up there. He needed to see his father in the faith just up there holding up the staff of God, interceding on the behalf of Joshua and the army. 
As soon as his arms came down, it deflated Joshua and they started to get pushed back by the enemy. But we need to show our kids, this generation about living today, we are there for you. We are championing you. We are going to pray for you. We're going to believe for your success. Am I the only one excited about this this morning? Oh, okay, that's cool. I'll preach myself happy. See, it takes more than one person to win a battle. Joshua needed to see Moses with the staff of God raised up. Moses needed the help of Aaron and her when he got weary. And we need each other too. See, there's a couple of things that happen. Why Why do we need to hold each other's hands up? Because we have a common enemy and we are engaged in a common purpose. Okay, uh, They caught a glimpse of a common vision. Exodus 17, 11 to 12, it says, As long as Moses held up his hand, the Israelites were winning. When he very lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. When, when jo- Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and they put it under him and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held up his hands, one on one side, one on the other, so that his hands remained steady until sunset, and, uh, until the job was done. This shows that life and death for Israel depended on the prayers of these people. Moses prayed as we should pray, with passion, believing that life and death hung in the balance. And you know what? Sometimes it can be difficult to reconcile this with knowing that God has a preordained plan. But God didn't want Moses to concern himself with that. Moses was to pray as if it really mattered, because it does. Because it does, there's a a community that we live in that's going to hell, not knowing that Jesus died for them, that he loves them and he cares about them. We've got to pray for these kids in our our youth group and for our our kids' ministry that's happening right now. We've got to pray for these kids. They're growing up in an age where I can't imagine uh, what they they have to face today. They're facing so many different challenges that that are completely different from when I grew up as a young man, a young boy. We've got to pray for them. They're facing stuff that we never had to face. That's why we've got to train them. That's why we've got to disciple them, come alongside of them. See, Moses was to pray as if it really mattered. Just because we can't figure out how our prayers fit in with God's plans never means that we stop believing that prayer matters. Prayer matters. We need to hold each other's hands up because we need one another. If church is going to be successful, we must recognize that we need one another. This needs to become even stronger in the times that we are under attack. We've got to garner ourselves together. Can I, I just want to put out a, a big plug for connect groups. If you're not in a connect group, you've got, you've got to think about being a part of it. Because my connect group gathers around me and Jane when we're in that connect group. They, they support us. They love us. They pray for us. They, they gather around us. They, they, they encourage us. And likewise, we do the same thing for our connect group when, they're, when they're, they're, people are struggling with different things. We phone each other. We're on WhatsApp. We've got a, a connect group WhatsApp thing that we flip out messages to each other, encouraging each other to be there. I want to encourage you, if you're not in a connect group, you need to be. Because you're going to find strength, you're going to find hope, you're going to find courage in those places to continue to go in the battle. I'm underwhelmed. We need to hold each other's hands up because our our hands can get tired and heavy. 
Moses' hands got tired and his hands grew heavy. In, in the Hebrew, it means they were heavy, they were burdensome, they were massive, they were hard. And prayer, is sometimes it's sweet and easy, but at other times it's really hard work. Prayer can be hard work. Now that shouldn't stop us holding each other's hands up to secure our success or their success. Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 to 4 says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. We need to be praying for one another, church. Got to be praying for one another. If someone's, you know, their, their face comes before you, you may not know their name, but you know what Jesus does. And as you open up, you, Father, you know that person I just thought of. I pray for that person. I don't know what they're going through right now. I don't know what they're facing. I don't know the challenges that are on in their life. But I pray for your spirit to touch them now in the name of Jesus. I've got to tell you right now, it's, it, pray in tongues for them. You know what? You don't have to know what you're praying. All you need to do is activate the presence of the Holy Spirit, activate that prayer language, because my Bible tells me in Corinthians that when I pray in tongues, I'm speaking directly to God. It's like you've got this absolutely power tube that's happening. No one else can understand what's happening in that moment. It's like beam me up Scotty, you know, and this great big beam of energy comes down and it lights up your life and and you start to, you know. Okay, second thing. What good does it do to hold up each other's hands? What good did it do for Aaron and her for Moses? Well, they helped to relieve his weariness. Aaron and her supplemented Moses' weakness with their strength. They did not expose his weakness. They added their strength to his. Love covers a multitude of sins. Love covers, love supports, love gets alongside of, love strengthens those people around it. We don't expose people's weaknesses. We say, you know what, we're going to pray for them. They're going through a tough time. Maybe they said that, they did that out of a, a moment of tiredness and weariness. And you know, you stuff up when you're tired and you're weak. That's okay. But let's you know, use our strength to cover their weakness, to supplement what they're going through. Romans 15.1 says, we, we who are strong ought to bear the failings of the weak and not please ourselves. Galatians 6.2 says, carry each other's burdens and in this way you'll fulfill the law of Christ. To carry each other's burdens means to put upon oneself something to be carried. In other words, you're going to lift up someone who's struggling. You're going to lift them up. They might not be able to take another step, but we can with them. We're going to put them on our shoulders. We're going to come up underneath them and, and lift them up and, and champion them and be a strength to them. So we're going to see them succeed because when they succeed, we succeed. Aaron and her enabled Moses to endure much longer than he would have on his own. They actually helped him to go until sunset and see the success of the battle in the end. Aaron and her helped secure the victory of God's people along with Joshua who was in that, that battlefield. And like, how did they do this? How did they make that happen? Well, by persevering in prayer, by practical service. They found a rock for Moses to sit on. They lifted up his hand by you know, persistent support. They held up his hands. They grasped his hands. They didn't say, no, well, you should, no if you just hold that right hand up a little bit more, uh, that, that'll fix that. No, 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 your left hand, need to lift that one a bit more. They got alongside of him. They lifted up. It took a hold of him. They bared the weight with him and they lifted up his arms. 
That's what we can do. It's by prayer, by practical service, by persistent support. And they didn't give up and neither should we in this moment. Neither should we stop praying for each other, praying for breakthrough, praying for revival, praying for souls, praying for our community, praying for the businesses that are happening around about. The result was that Joshua overcame and defeated the enemy. Moses' praying did not cancel what Joshua had to do. We think we just got to pray about it. No, sometimes, sometimes there's stuff you've got to do too. There's a marrying together. The battle was won with prayer and Joshua still had to lead the army. army. The, the question here that, that, that needs an answer is this. Who is your Moses? Who is your Moses? Who is your Aaron, your Hur, or your Joshua? Do you know who they are? Has the Spirit of God spoken to you or quickened a person to you? Maybe it's time to step out and approach that person. Hey, look, I just felt like I'm not sure where you, you sit with all this stuff, but I felt like Pastor Gary spoke a message on Sunday morning and I feel like you're uh, my Aaron. I feel like you're my Moses or you're my Miriam or you're my Esther that I need to be praying for in this moment. You know, what's God saying to us in this moment? See, this passage is a great encouragement showing us God's power and man's effort working together. Moses struck the rock, but only God could bring the water out. Joshua fought. Aaron and Hur supported Moses in that moment. And Moses prayed, but only God gave the victory. In it all, God gets the glory. If I can just have the team come up. It, isn't, it wasn't Israel is my banner or Moses is my banner, or Joshua is my banner, that this passage f- finished up with. It is that Yahweh Nissi, the Lord, is my banner. I want to read to you a passage out of Zephaniah. And you're thinking, what on earth can come out of Zephaniah? Zephaniah chapter 3, verses 14 to 17 says this. Sing, daughter Zion. Shout aloud, Israel. Be glad and rejoice with all your heart, daughter Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away your punishment. He has turned back your enemy. The Lord, the King of Israel, is with you. That's great news, church. The Lord your God is with you. Never again will you fear any harm. On that day, they will say to Jerusalem, Do not fear, Zion. Do not let your hands go limp. The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you, in his love. He will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. Saints, I want to encourage us today to not give up, to not let our hands grow weary. And if they are, then you need to call on someone to lift up your arms in the middle of the battle. You need to reach out to someone, phone someone, text someone, SMS someone. launch a carrier pigeon, smoke signals, whatever it is that you need to touch base with someone. But light a fire under that, that relationship. Allow the Spirit of God to speak to you in that moment where you, know, you, you just know that there's a connection. Uh, there's, there's great power in doing that. So I just want to pray for a couple of things. If we could just stand because I know that time's just got away from us a little bit this morning, but I, I feel like this, this is a great message for some people here today. 
And I don't want to rush it because I feel like someone's breakthrough is, is in the balance. Someone's breakthrough is in the balance. Someone's healing, someone's miracle is hanging in the balance. You, you, maybe you're, you, you're praying for a situation, you're praying for someone, you're praying for a, uh, an issue or a challenge that you face uh, this morning. And I, I believe by the Spirit of God that there is help in this place. There is help in this place. There is help in this place for you. So if you're weary today, if you're tired, you're feeling like you're flagging, you you, you feel like your arms are dropping in this moment, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you because I believe that there is help here today. So if that's you, just as we have every eye closed, bow your heads, don't look around. Let's just make this between you and God. Just between you and God this morning. Is there anybody here that you ju- I've just described you to a T. You're tired. You're run down. You feel like you're just faltering and you feel like the enemy in this moment is an onslaught and an attack. And you just need someone to come alongside of you and to lift up your arms in this battle. Is there anybody here this morning? I just want you to put your hand up so that I can see it. Thank you. Hands going up. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Come on, church, begin to activate your spiritual language. I believe that your breakthrough is coming as you sing this song. Lift up your hands.